Hello, you're listening to Wine Blast. Uh, I'm Susie Barry, he's Peter Richards, we're both Masters of Wine, and this is the penultimate episode of Series One. Mm. What a journey it's been. Ah, here we are. Who'd have thought we got here? I don't think we ever did think we'd get no. here, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> think we knew what it would look like when we did get here. This no. is what it looks like. Mm, it's different it's to what we expected. Rosy, sort of. Anyway, <laughs> this is uh, important to add, though, it doesn't mean this isn't sort of an excuse, a shorthand to say we're going on holiday. No. We're packing it in. Nobody's we're just going on holiday. Day, are they? No one's going. That exactly. would be a very least, bad time to decide to go on now, holiday. We're not going on holiday. Um, we've, we're going to start come roaring back with season two straight away, straight away. And we no rest wait, for the wicked. Cannot wait to share the details. We've got some really really exciting things coming up. For we have two. indeed, we have indeed. But in the meantime, so this is a wine blast short. When we're going to take our our wine festival, wine festival Winchester, as a, a kind of a springboard to explore all kinds of interesting mm. things, um, mm. English wine, mm-hmm. uh, wine education. Vacation. Bit of wine in, in lockdown. Wine I think, in lockdown uh, and um, wine events in in general, really, mm-hmm, yeah. um, and how how normal people engage with wine. Very very important. Something we need to engage with. We have some brilliant <laughs> interviews coming up with Emma Rice, uh, one of the UK's most influential and highly awarded wine wine makers. Is she a wine maker or I a wine maker? I don't think she's a wine maker. She's mainly a wine maker. Mainly, yeah. mainly. Um, but she's Last from Hatton Valley. Uh, we've got renowned wine educator Erica Dent of Enjoy Discovering Wine, and uh, we've got Tony. Last but not least. Uh, Proudly a sort of non-wine professional. Is that fair enough to call he's him? He's very, very well, um, well versed in wine. In many things, but, but he's, but, he's um, not, not a, a, wine, not a professional. wine professional. Not in the trade. So, and he's telling us about his his Damascene conversion to wine, isn't he? Uh, so let's not beat about the bush. Here we go. So I think if we start by setting the scene and explain why we decided to launch a wine festival in the first place. Yeah, good question. I think we've asked ourselves that many times since. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I think it's because we, we, we'd been running our wine school, hadn't we, in Winchester, in Winchester which we yeah. sort of launched a few years before, um, which had been a great success, hadn't it? It was, it was yeah. wonderful and really, really good to do. Um, but we, I think with our other work, we were finding we had less and less time for the wine Individual school. sort of courses and school. Exactly, wasn't it? So yeah. we decided to launch one big thing rather than have doing loads of little things. Smaller and that, things, and that yeah. big thing was, was the wine festival. Yeah, it was. And I, I think we'd also been thinking about what we do and why we do it. And we mm. realised that... Yeah, uh, you a know, bit more of a sort of meta Yeah, level. <laughs> I mean, we were sort of blue sky thinking it. But, you know, what what do we really do? What is our job really? Mm. And I think we, we worked out that it's essentially about helping people find and enjoy good wine that they're going to like. There's a strap line. Susie Barry, finding good wine for people to enjoy. Yeah, well, I mean, that, but that is what yeah, we're no, it after, is, it isn't is. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, and a really good event is is definitely one of the best ways of doing that because people come first and foremost to have some fun and, yeah. um, and be social with their friends, but then they sort of just end up learning about wine and experimenting um trying wines that they wouldn't mm. you know you wouldn't buy a bottle of wine that you never hadn't got a clue what it was going to taste I think like it helps in that process doesn't it yeah i mean it, well it, what it helps things. you've got all those wines there already open you can try any of them yeah. and so it, it's just helping people try and buy interesting things mm, mm. that they're going to like some, i think many people found there were too many wines to try didn't they I think it didn't help that the spittoons were largely empty at the end of the festival. The spittoons remained very, very dry. Very dry. Funnily enough, I think by the end of the festival, the only dry thing were the spittoons. But you know, um, so you know, thinking about that, we we hooked up with our friend Claire, didn't we? Uh, Who we knew from from TV, TV, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and and I think right from the start, we wanted to do two things. Um, The first was well, three things really. The first was really help people, as you said, enjoy 
discover experiment with wine that's that's that was the overriding thing but we wanted to do it in two two ways of, of making sure that happened and i think the first one was high production values wasn't it mm. we wanted to do it properly so we put together a really f- fantastic team um who have worked with we us we were lucky all the we while. got a very good team of people yeah we found wonderful people to work with and plus we invested a lot in the sort of branding and presentation didn't we uh, how, how the festival looked and felt right from the first moment um well, we wanted it to be a proper experience didn't it, we exactly we wanted it to be welcoming we wanted to be professional, but also very, very welcoming. Uh, this is so important with wine, isn't it? And, yeah, well, and- I think it's important with anything these days. You know, people expect a lot from an event. And, you yeah. know, that's what we wanted to give, a lot. Absolutely. So we also, you know, we even built our own app, didn't we? We a did, sort of yeah. virtual programme. Um, and the other thing coming back to the two things was the follow your taste thing wasn't it follow your taste so this was really important to us I mean mm. our, our point was that I think you know we were so used to walking into wine tastings even ourselves and you're faced with this room full of wine in this case it was the guild hall full of wine mm. where do you start and the last thing we wanted was anybody to walk in and kind of go oh this is just intimidating I don't know where to it's begin the intimidation factor intimidation isn't it, with wine. we want we, people which... to enjoy it not feel intimidated like they didn't know anything so yeah. what we did was we did our, our folly taste where we essentially broke down wine into six simple categories and it was all about people working out which wines they would like according to their own taste. Yeah, so it's, it's trying to sort of make wine more more approachable um, and relating it back to people's individual preferences. What do yeah. you like? Yeah. That's, and then, then let's work from there. That was really, really important, wasn't it? And it was. That's another way of welcoming someone because you feel like you, it's about you. Yeah, talking about them. But you said, well, the way we did it very simply was we broke wine into six categories, everything seven from fizz. Seven. Seven we had by the end. Actually, we started with six, didn't we? We yeah. moved to seven. Uh, we had everything from fizz, uh, crisp whites, richer whites, rosé, light reds, fuller reds, fuller bodied reds, and then some s- sweet wines, sweets mm, and stickies. Mm, mm. Um, and we gave each category a colour and a strap line. So, for example, crisp whites were green and their strap line was I'm fresh and racy. So it was just a bit of fun, no, but know. something people could relate to. Dark reds. Dark reds. I'm a big smoothie. You are indeed. My favorites. No, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's just I think me. you probably are. And then I did like the, the, the sweet tooth and sticky fingers yeah. for the... Uh... Purple for, for the sweets and fortifieds, um, and so then every bottle at the festival had its own little neck tag of that colour. So even mm. if you you walked around and you thought I don't know which wine to try, as long as you knew you liked say crisp whites, you could just look for the green ones. Exactly. So that that, that bottle of Greek you know, Santorini Assyrtico, which might have been actually the label. And we've had that. The label yeah. was entirely in Greek. Yeah, and you, go, you didn't need to understand that. You, just, you, you knew that if you like that style, you yeah. could try that one and it might be something that yeah. would appeal to your taste. And we have to mention, obviously, everybody got a sticker with their colour on, their preferred colour. stickers colour. were... People like stickers. Bizarrely popular. Very they became popular. became a cult thing, yeah. didn't they, the yeah. stickers? Everybody um, loves a sticker. But it was important, that was important, just to, it was a bit of fun, wasn't it? But it was to help people advertise their own taste so that exhibitors could say, yeah, oh, I see you like that kind of wine. Standing Would you behind like a table what could I pour loved, the right wines. Uh, was, was, uh, was, the, was where we had to introduce, by popular demand, we had to introduce a new sticker with all of the colours on it and the strap line, I'm easy. They went like hotcakes, didn't they? I'm easy. We like that. You, I think you had definitely had a few of those on well, your, on think, your, yeah, it became, on your front, become, didn't so, you? So basically, funny text. It was like an icebreaker and a sort yeah. of route map, wasn't it? Anyway, so all of it was, this it was a bit of fun. All of this went down really well. Yeah. Uh, we were even cited in the Times, weren't we, as one of the reasons why Winchester was their best city of the year. Um, but a lot of that is just down to to the brilliant and and very interested people who came along every year, yeah. and no, and also our brilliant exhibitors, great team. We were about, lucky. As, as we were lucky. It's all about the people, and we were. Very 
very lucky that we, we yeah. were supported by some brilliant people. Um, and we've had some some brilliant fun, made some really great friends, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the sponsors have been brilliant too. So it's all... And good money for charity. We, yes, we no, did that's, a bit of really, charity actually, too. No, that is important. Yeah. I, think it's, I think the final tally, you know, so far is about £16,500 we've raised for local charities. So, and that's thanks to the generosity of everyone who comes along. Uh, also to the generosity of people who give prizes for the prize draw. Uh, yeah. But the guys from the charity are fantastic. They come and, yeah. and, and work with us. And I think we're quite proud of that. We've, uh, we are. It's one very, of the things that yeah. I'm most proud about yes, with, with I, the festival. I, yeah, yeah no, um, I totally agree. It's, it's been, well, yeah. all of these things together yeah. anyway, so have been brilliant. Move on, uh, Moving on, short, obviously um, we're not running our festival this year no, as normal no, well no, we no, are no. running our festival but not as normal um, so on the one hand sorry to everyone we're not doing that but also yeah. we, we, we're doing something different aren't we we're moving online oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's no on. Christmas market in no Manchester market there's in no Manchester. ice rink no. which everybody loves which is a great shame but there is a wine festival it's on the last weekend of November as ever and it's on the 28th this year this mm. the, the Saturday mm. uh, and it's online like it's we're online. saying what yeah. are we doing yeah, why yeah. have we done it what, what's going on well, it's going to be great. What's going on? Um, Tell us what's yeah, well, going okay. on. It's, it's, yeah, so so it's a leap into a leap of faith, isn't it? Really, we, but we wanted to do something. We wanted to do something to be positive, to to give us all something to look forward to. So we put together a, a sort of lip smacking lineup of of online wine masterclasses. Um, the idea is you order the wines in advance to taste along, um, and 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 that's our bid for positivity. You yeah, know, all free access, no tickets. Free, totally free. free yeah, to no tickets. If you want to yeah. order the wine, that's where you pay. Yeah, and then you just watch them and enjoy taste long uh, you yeah. could do a side social if you oh, like. absolutely i think that's really you know important zoom on the well. side with your mates with your to friends you fun. know sort of um taste offs <laughs> i don't know what that is and i'm slightly worried about it but you know it could um, be whatsapp it could be zoom it could be absolutely. whatever can um, um so it's, it's all on our youtube channel but you can obviously do but it's going to be the, going live as live um friends and we're going to be doing some instagram lives as well and oh i know what you're going to say i know i'm so excited we have just confirmed a very very Important. Very, very, very <laughs> a special. A VIP. Very special guest who's yeah. going to be joining us on the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. We we are remaining tight lipped. Oh, we absolutely. are. I am literally. I'm hopping, doing that interview. You can confirm I'm hopping up and down in my chair right now. <laughs> literally having to sit on my hands. I'm so excited. So there's going to be lots and lots of different yeah. elements. Competitions to it. too. Oh, competitions! Thank We've you got for competitions. mentioning that. Another uh, sort of yes. Um, amazing prizes. Kid in the candy store. Here we go. Amazing prizes. Um, so we've got a tasting selfie one on the day. We're going to have another competition in the lead up to the wine festival as well. Um, we, and with that one, we've teamed up with the brilliant Helen McGinn of the Knackered Mothers Wine Club. Yeah. Uh, and also of BBC One Saturday Kitchen uh, and the Grange Hampshire to give away some delicious fizz and a signed copy of Helen's uh, latest book. So that's in the run up to the, that's uh, in the run, run up, up to the, the festival. festival. So then so we've got a tasting. Oh, something like positivity through wine, I think. We're okay, call it, brilliant. Like that. And then we've got our tasting selfie competition. We'll probably have another one as well. We've got yeah. quite a lot of nice a lot prizes. Of I think we've got a bit carried away. Got some good honest. prizes, yeah. Um, Lots of all, all alcohol related, wine related. Well, yes, yeah. Over twenty ones only, or over eighteens only. But um, you know, anyway, so all the prizes. details. Let's let's move on. All the details are on our website, thewinefestival.co.uk. So please do check it out. We'd love you to join in. You don't have to be in the UK. This is the beauty of an online festival. You can be anywhere and join us it's all about positivity and support right so so um this is yeah. supposed to be a short come on then what are we doing next we're going to hear from some of our special guests. special guests and first up we have emma rice chief winemaker head winemaker at hattingley valley hi my name's emma rice and i'm the head winemaker and a director at hattingley valley wines in hampshire 
So Hattingley and you have been part of, of the Wine Festival, Wine Festival Winchester, since right since the beginning, uh, even from the launch party. How would you describe the festival, particularly to maybe somebody who hasn't been before? Well, for us, it's a fantastic opportunity to meet our our customers direct because you know we're, we're we're based in the middle of nowhere out in the darkest depths of Hampshire rural Hampshire um so it's a really fantastic opportunity to meet a huge number of our our um customers and potential customers in one place the atmosphere is brilliant it's always really exciting and um it's just fantastic to introduce new people re-engage with old customers um all in one place in over a few days and obviously, um, thinking about that, the fact that you get to meet, chat, talk to your customers or to new customers, this year's festival is obviously very different. We've we've had to go online, uh, but you are, you're still involved. Um, and what you do, which is brilliant, is that you sort of share an intimate kind of behind the scenes insight into Hattingley. Um, and one part of that is the story of how you got into wine. Would you just... Just briefly remind us of that because it's brilliant. It really is. So I was 18, 19 years old back in 1995, I think. So I was working as a waitress in a restaurant that the local pub happened to have a very good restaurant uh, with an amazing wine list. Of course, I didn't realize that when I first started working there. But as I spent a few years there spending my weekends and evenings working, I um, became aware that they had this amazing wine list that people would travel miles to uh, to come and sample and also spend a small fortune money that I couldn't even imagine at the time on one bottle of wine and then I was yeah I was 19 and I'd I'd sort of been promoted to working in the restaurant rather than the pub and they had their 25th anniversary dinner um, one evening and they invited all sorts of wine trade, wine press, luminaries, including Jancis Robinson. I think Hugh Johnson was there as well. Michael Broadbent, Charles Metcalf. And I do I remember it very clearly because I just started getting interested in wine and I'd just been given Jancis Robinson's Oxford Companion to wine and she turned up. So I was like, please, can I go home and get, <laughs> get, oh. <laughs> dined it for me. But that evening, the, the aperitif for the, for the meal was Krug, 1979, served in a double magnum. Um, wow. And I was the wine waiter and the owner of the, the restaurant, Barry Phillips, he said to me, if there's anything left when you've served every, all the guests a, a generous glass, you can try it. So, of course, I made sure there was a little smidgen left at the bottom of the bottle. And I tried that wine while they all sort of, sort of you know, they were all hobnobbing somewhere else in the restaurant. And I had a little taste and I can still taste it today. It just blew me away, that wine. It was so creamy. It was so smooth, but the bubbles, the bubbles were so elegant and it just filled my mouth. And, you know, I, I wasn't educated in tasting or in really what, what went into making champagne or anything, but I just remember that wine. And I, as I say, I can still taste it today. And and, and do you think that that has uh, influenced the style of wines that that you make? I mean, you use oak; it's very Krug-like, if you like, a way of making wine. And King's Cuvée certainly has that incredible. So this is your prestige Cuvée wine has that incredible richness. Are you do, do you remember that wine and think always? I'd love to to emulate that to to create my own English version of that. Well, not so consciously, I don't think, but un unconsciously, I'm always aiming for a very um, rich, open style 
I don't, um, I don't want the wines to be too tight, too restrained, too, uh, which is that those wines have their place, but it's a very different way of making wine. Um, so yes, I, I do, I do, I don't, wouldn't even begin to think that I could emulate Krug, but uh, I certainly take inspiration from Krug and from Bollinger as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. I'm sure you could, Emma. I mean, you've had an amazing career. You've you've travelled all over the world. You studied at Plumpton. You studied winemaking at Plumpton College. You are now, let's face it, one of the country's most uh, celebrated winemakers and Hattingley is one of the, the largest producers. I mean, how does that feel? It's almost a bit unbelievable when I look back just 10 years, 10 years ago, when we were you know, processing the first harvest in 2010, um, we had no idea that this was what was going to happen and how this business would grow, how the industry as a, a whole would grow. Absolutely no idea. Um, and I look back now and I think, oh my, oh my word, what, what have we done? You know, we sort of, have we created a monster? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes oh, it I hope feels, not. <laughs> sometimes it can feel you know, like this enormous sort of, you know, we started a train, um, it, which is chugging along. You, you can't just stop it. You can't just get off, you know, you've got to keep going. And, um, but it's incredibly exciting. And I think one of the most exciting things is how many people who've come through Hattingley have gone on to do such amazing things elsewhere as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that train is, is not going to stop. It's going everywhere. Um, and just talking about all around the world, um, you've been working with Champagne Pommery uh, on their English project. What is it, what is it like working with a, with a champagne house? Is it very different to, to working on an English, your own English project? It is very different. Um, we learn from them and I hope that they learn from us. So, I mean, we pick up little tips and tricks from them. Um, and, but I mean, there is, Sometimes things get lost in translation. <laughs> You've been very polite. <laughs> my French is terrible and their English is, is, I have to say, is much better than my French, but it's still, you know, there are still some translation confusions, shall we say. And I'd say the most common refrain on their part is, but in Champagne we do it like this. And then I, my refrain is, but you're not in You're not in Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And what would you, I mean, if you were comparing English sparkling wine and Champagne, I know it's a difficult thing to do, but is there something that you would say generally uh, differentiates the two? Uh, at these days, I think English sparkling wine has the acidity that you is often, well, more often slightly lacking in Champagne now. So is that to do with climate change? with the champagne getting warmer or is it just champagne? I guess, I, I mean, my, my best guess would be it's climate change and the acid levels are just not there anymore. It'll take a long time for those wines to come through in, you know, because a lot of champagnes, the big, the big houses particularly age for a considerable amount of time. So, you know, we're, we're I mean, Charles Heidsack, for example, we're probably still drinking wines from 10, 12 years ago. But uh, I think the acid, the acidity and that, the bracing acidity of English sparkling wine is what sets it out apart from from champagne at the moment. Now we're talking all sparkling here, but uh, I, I, you'll forgive me if I say that you did say to us, to Peter and I, some time ago, you would never make still wine. Your focus was always on sparkling. Um, you have made still wine. What? What? Uh, quite recently, what made you change your mind? Well, I think the lesson there is never say never. <laughs> um, but also be prepared to admit when you might have been wrong and, and, and try and be prepared to try uh, doing something new. So we last year, the biggest uh, 2019, we had a new vineyard producing some Pinot Noir Precoce, the early ripening, it's a mutation of P. 
Pinot Noir. It's not strictly a clone, it's a mutation. And it was came in so ripe. And while it was fermenting in the tanks, which we were going to use as a base for rosé, sparkling, it, it was just so unbelievably delicious. The acidity was so low that we would have had to have mixed, blended it with something a lot higher in acidity to, to make a sparkling. I just thought, well, let's not waste this. Let's let's see what we can do. And it's a relatively small scale. It's not going to, you know, we can see how it works. And that rosé was just, oh, it was a lifesaver, particularly during lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this Hattingley still rosé, it, it is it is absolutely lovely. And I'm going to ask you one, one final question. What would be your ideal it's not an easy question this but what is your ideal lockdown wine Ooh. can't can't be one of your own no well I've thought about this because <laughs> I've listened to your podcast and I've heard other people <laughs> so I'm forewarned I was thinking if I could choose one grape variety it would be Pinot Noir because it's so flexible because you can do white wine sparkling rosé red wine it, it's just so flexible but I'm assuming you're going to make me choose one I am indeed in that case, it has to be Krug champagne. There's no doubt about it. Emma Rice, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, Emma is a woman after my own heart. I mean, I cannot disagree with that lockdown wine. If I could only have one wine for the rest of my life, and I, I know I probably shouldn't say it, I shouldn't even begin to go there, but... Krug would be fairly high upon the list. But are we talking double magnums of 1979 Krug, or are, we, is, are you more uh, easygoing? Just Krug. I'm easy. Well, you, you're obviously I don't think not you'd easy. Say easy if <laughs> <laughs> you're not a cheap date, that's for sure. Right, moving on. Um, next up, we are talking. You talked, haven't you? Do you talk to uh, the wonderful Erica Dent uh, of Enjoy Discovering Wine? Okay. Hello. Um, my name is Erica Dent. My company is called Enjoy Discovering Wine, and I run predominantly. WSET Wines for Education Trust Qualification Wine and Spirit Courses. And you've been part of the festival, Wine Festival Winchester, right from the beginning, Erica. Um, how would you describe the festival if you were talking to somebody who'd who'd never been before? Okay. Yes, we, we were there from the beginning when we were in uh, Winchester. And it is just the best festival, I have to say. And I'm saying that from the point of view of our customers and other uh, exhibitors. In that it's an opportunity for people who are interested in wine at all levels. So they get a chance to try lots and lots of wines. But a lot of people come along, might know a lot about wine and bring their friend or their mum or whoever it is that don't know about wine. But still, the festival offers that opportunity to really meet people that are producing the wine and just talk about it in a, in a safe environment where they don't feel intimidated by wine. So it's such fun, really good fun. So, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're taking it online this year. Um, we're hoping to create, in many ways, the same atmosphere because we've got our lovely um, video masterclasses. People can order the wines before. They can, they can join in and hopefully then Zoom in with their friends or, or WhatsApp or whatever. But, I mean, you're, you're obviously joining us again. Uh, you're a pro at this, though, uh, because I think since the beginning of lockdown, you've had to do this with your business pretty much. Can you tell us how that's been? You know, what have been the challenges? of trying to move your business online and and maybe the positives as well yes start with, I'm going to start with the positives it's been absolutely brilliant so from day one I decided even before we got locked down back in early March I decided I needed to go online I'd always been against doing online wine training courses I truly believe that you needed to be in the same room as your students but we were forced into this situation so just before lockdown I was sat in a class 
um, a diploma class in Winchester. And I was pondering these small bottles I had, one of our students, Tony Milner, who's a sponsor of the Wine Festival show, actually. That's where we met him, at Wine Festival Winchester. And I was pondering sending him some wines. And and what, why, were you, why, were you, why were you sending him then? He, he couldn't make the course. Yes, he was poorly. Um, and so I didn't want him to miss out on the wines. So I filled up some little bottles 50 mil bottles with his wines and gave them to one of the other students and she dropped them around to Tony so he didn't miss out on tasting those wines when he was feeling a little bit better. So that was my moment. So that was um, two weeks before lockdown, my moment, because I knew it was coming. I've been speaking to my colleague in Italy, so they were already there and I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I need to carry on. I've got students. I don't want to let them down. So I'm going to send them the wines. I thought it would be a one-off because, again, I wasn't a fan of online, but actually it's turned out to be dare I say even better than being in the classroom because people are at home feeling comfortable in their own environment so it really does work so your so business is sort of thriving on in a new model new way brilliant and we've evolved it further from that so that's even great we found opportunities beyond just running the standards courses so and you know, a lot of your um, your students, the people you work with, or some of them, uh, they are people that you train in restaurants and bars. Um, what do you think is the future for, for that sector? I am going to be positive and say they will be innovative because that's what they are. They've, you know, the industry's faced challenges ever since I've been involved in wine and they find ways. And I've watched the companies and they've they found ways. We're working with one company. Um, uh, we're doing some training or we were going to do some training with them they've separated tables got screens they will find a way they are a brilliant business they you know they can innovate they can change so it's going to be tough but I honestly think they will get there I really do and what would you what would you say to anybody um to people considering attending a wine event or or signing up for a wine course a lot of people are not sure whether they should do it online they feel that it they need to be in the room with other people but what we found is it's created these communities of people who are home a lot of our students are home on their own and need that contact so they come along to a course maybe a six-week WSET level two course and they meet up and they bond immediately because it's this new person and it's this new group of 10 people and actually what happened is some of my courses they carry on they're chatting on whatsapp and sharing wines and even one group I had to go to bed I said right I'm going to hand over zoom to you and they carried on chatting <laughs> they just didn't want to go so they've created and when lockdown was lifted, they met up to share so as they, well. they met up when there was no there was no lockdown how amazing how amazing so Eric I've got one final question for you it's it's a difficult one I'm going to ask you what is your ideal lockdown wine my ideal lockdown wine has to be a chardonnay with oak and it's a very, very tough one. Oh, I know you. I know you asked this question. <laughs> You're prepared. Okay, my most You're... recent. It's Coty. It's Coty Chapel Down English. Fantastic. For tasting. <laughs> oh, Erica, thank you so much, and we'll look forward to to you at the, to seeing you at the wine festival. Thank you very much. See you there. Don't you just love Erica? I mean, she's so uh, upbeat, I think is the word. I mean, who wouldn't want to be told by her? Absolutely. And actually talking of that, the person we have next, Tony Milner, is actually a student of Erica's and he mm. has a mm. fascinating story to tell. 
My name's Tony Milner and I'm an investment manager with Rathbones Investment Management. So Tony, Rathbones has been a long-term supporter, sponsor of the of the Wine Festival, a generous sponsor actually, brilliant. Uh, and partly as a result of that, I think you've been a, a regular attendee at the festival. Can you remember what your, your sort of first memories are of, of coming along? It was my first ever wine festival. I was amazed at how many people were there and how many wines were there. Um, and it was just a really enjoyable experience. And if you were to describe it to somebody who'd never been before, how, how would you describe it? A fun night or afternoon or evening out. It's just, it's just a really fun thing to do doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do, drinking wines you wouldn't ordinarily drink. And do you think it's intimidating or or, or not? No, not at all. No, have some fun. Go on, <laughs> just have a drink. Great. And so before you ever came to the festival, um, what, how would you describe your, your level of engagement with wine? Um, I mean, you travel a lot, so you, you obviously must have experienced wine regions, but did you know much about wine? No, we tended to drink either New Zealand Sauvignon or Merlot and not much else. And even though we travelled a lot and have been on some fantastic trips, we never really centred them around wine or wine were involved in them at all. So I wouldn't say I was particularly engaged in wine. And, and tell us what has happened since, because you you things have moved on quite a bit since then, haven't they? Things have got out of control. <laughs> I, uh, I, at the first festival, I met Erica Dent of Enjoy Discovering Wine. She had a stand uh, and she was uh, doing uh, wine tastings and food pairings. And my wife and I went along and it was fascinating the differences that, that a wine could have with a different food and how it made the food taste differently. And, I, and we then went on holiday and we, we got a bit more engaged in wine because we went to South Africa. Came back and I just fancied learning a bit more. So I went on to do WSET level two, really enjoyed it, passed the exam, thought I wanted to do a bit more. So I thought I'll do WSET level three as well, uh, again with Erica. And she's such an infectious um, tutor and the tastings are so enjoyable that I just loved it. And from there, I've now gone on to, Erica was doing a pilot for the new diploma course and asked me if I'd like to do it. And I thought it was a bit beyond me because I, I don't work in wine. Everything's new to me. But I thought I'll give it a bash because it's the only time I'll probably ever get the opportunity. And absolutely loved it. And now I'm totally immersed in it. I come home, from, well, I don't come home from work at the moment. But um, uh, in an evening, I read up on wine and we have a different wine every night. And it could be anything. Sounds like heaven to me. Or it's similar to our house, actually. Um, what would you What would you say then to What would you say to other people? I mean, it's a brilliant story, you know, going from from nothing to to being on the diploma course. Um, what would you say to other people who are considering uh, attending a wine event or signing up for a wine course? Oh, do it! The wine event, if if nothing else, it's a good night out. You'll learn about wines that you would never drink usually because you wouldn't spend 20 or 30 quid on a wine that you don't know. So it, it's good to get that opportunity. And to do the courses, well, I've, I've drunk some fantastic wines. Uh, last night we had a Ripasso. I used to drink a Merlot. So a Ripasso is similar, but different. Uh, and that's the thing with wine. Everyone's different. You'll never have the same one twice. And any, well, I'm going to ask you a difficult question now. Um, so 
you've moved on from your New Zealand Sauvignon and Merlot and probably still drink them, but you know, you've, you've, you've expanded your horizons. Have you found an ideal lockdown wine? If you could only have one wine, what would it be? You said that was a difficult question. That's an impossible question. <laughs> Couldn't possibly that. Oh, I don't know. Am I allowed one a day? <laughs> You're um, allowed one for today. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I had to choose one wine that I had to drink, it would probably be a uh, Pinot Noir from Mornington Peninsula or maybe Central Otago in New Zealand. Uh, and if I really wanted to splash out, then it would be a Burgundy. Anything I have learned is that you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a really good wine. That's brilliant. Tony Milner, thank you so much. That's okay. Thanks. So, so two other options that Tony gave me after we'd finished recording, and he said, "I wish, I wish I'd thought of this when it's we one were of those recording." That you, oh. can, you, you can end up thinking, uh, yeah, thinking overthinking about it, over it, and then no, 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 yeah. no, I mean, you can just—it's one of those ones you, yeah. you can think about it for a long time. Go and on change and on. your answers. Yeah. Go. Well, anyway, for his lockdown wine, so he said he would have actually chosen Litterai Pinot Noir, mm. so producer uh. in the Sno- Sonoma Valley, and apparently he's been buying older vintages of Litterai from James Hocking Wines, who's another uh, one of our yeah, exhibitors yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout the summer. So I think he's got the taste of Litterai. Pinot Pinot. Well, Litterai is one of our favourites, though, yeah. isn't it? Just, just gorgeous. Uh, just yeah. Brilliant, elegant. Brilliant Pinots. But, um, but, but also, he said when he's asked what his favourite wine is, he's got a great answer. And it is, I haven't had it yet. That's a very good answer. It is. I wish I, I mean, I am going to use that from, for now. Tony, from now we're on. officially stealing your answer here. It's not yours anymore. It's ours. We said it uh, first uh, on the podcast. There therefore, it's our property. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. don't you, forget. Um, so Saturday the 28th of November mm. for Wine Festival Online. Yeah. So you, yeah, everyone yeah. needs to get ordering. Don't get, ordering get ordering the wines. The wines. Um, um, and, and we can't wait to see everyone on, on the big day. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Emma. Thanks to Emma, Erica and Tony. And of course, thanks to you for listening. So until next time or the 28th of November, Cheers.